Welcome to Pediatric Meltdown, the podcast about children's mental health and emotional well-being. I'm Dr. Leah Gugino, a primary care pediatrician, and I created this podcast for the pediatric medical community and anyone who cares about children's behavioral health. Pediatric Meltdown offers thoughtful conversations featuring experts from the field. Learn practical strategies from the best and become a savvier clinician. Hey listeners, welcome back to Pediatric Meltdown and today's interview is with me, yours truly. And I just wanted to share a little bit about why I have been so interested in children's mental health and kind of how I got here. So here are some of the points that I wanted to share. The first one is I came across this amazing quote from Mel Robbins. Now Mel Robbins is a self-help person and she does a lot of speaking and she wrote two books. One's called The Five Second Rule and the other one's High Five. And although they seem very simplistic, there's some truth in them and I think some things that are really helpful. And sometimes, you know, simple is good. If you get a chance to listen to her read these books, it is so much fun and I I really liked her. So I'll just share that. So here's a quote that came from Mel Robbins. You have been assigned this mountain so you can show others how it can be moved. So, you know, the mountain I've been handed is anxiety and worry. And I just wanted to let those of you out there know who are worriers that I'm part of your posse. I'm not saying it's a great thing because it gets in the way of a lot, but it also has served me throughout the years. I mean, you don't get to be a good student without doing some worry, right? But when it doesn't serve you, that is a problem. So here are a couple of my thoughts. So number one, childhood shapes you and you rise above or you struggle. And I've done both. And again, I think based on like the ACEs study, you all know kind of the story about childhood experiences and adversity and how they can shape you as an adult. And I really think that's why I've been drawn to this work in pediatrics. Number two, what does it look like for you? For me, it's been anxiety from the get-go. I experienced an eating disorder, perinatal postpartum anxiety, which I just thought I was being a bad mom. More anxiety, you know, that's what got me through medical school. Probably did too much drinking. That didn't last long, fortunately, but it was a trap I fell into. And then dedication to children's safety and well-being has really been my calling and looking for ways to keep them safe. Number three, mental illness does not limit you, but it is important to seek help. And I cannot underscore that enough, which brings me to number four, therapy is a gift. Find your person. I found my person. Her name is Colleen. She's amazing. And she has just given me some of the most I I guess just the biggest ahas, and I hope that you can find a therapist as gifted as she is. Number five, medication may be just what you need. There should be no shame in that, and I know there is a lot of stigma, but in my case, trauma can alter your brain, and sometimes that's just the treatment you need. If you can't see, you put on the glasses, and for me, and I know for many others, medication is a game changer. It's not something I love to do. I don't love the fact that medication makes my life easier, but 
I'm so grateful that it does and that it's been helpful because it improves my relationships with my family, my friends, and with myself. Number six, be curious, ask questions, and invite conversation. Vince Valetti, who was the author of the ACEs study that was um, completed in 1999, said, and I love this quote so much, the asking is in and of itself therapeutic. So by asking questions, how are you? How is your life? What's going on? Tell me more. What happened to you? All of those questions really let patients know that you are interested and you are willing to listen or you wouldn't be asking. So you have to make sure you ask with the intention of listening to the answer. Number nine, do something positive. Volunteer, join your professional organization. And for me, it's been the Michigan chapter of the American Academy of Pediatrics and the American Academy of Pediatrics. I can't say it enough. For me, it's been finding my people, you know, the part of my posse, those people that mean so much to me and not only nearby, but across the country. And many of them have been guests on this show. Know you are only limited by your own fears. Number nine, connect with others, an extension of point before, and affiliate. If you don't know what that means, stay tuned for an upcoming conversation with Dr. Heather Forkey and learn what that really means. Number nine, cultivate self-help. It can look like all kinds of things, podcasts, books, film, music. So here are some of my favorites. I love the Happier Podcast by Gretchen Rubin and Unlocking Us by Brene Brown. My favorite book, and it's, I don't know why it speaks to me, but it's Theophilus North by Thornton Wilder, and I've read it every summer since high school. So I've read it like a lot. The Language of Flowers is a lovely novel about, oh, just rising above. I love anything by Brene Brown, and I love Gretchen Rubin's books. They're simple. I love the idea of finding your tendency. I'm an obliger. That means that we're really good at meeting other people's expectations, but not always our own, although I try really hard. I love her habits, ideas, and it's just fun. Her podcast is also very light, and I love the banter with her sister. I love anything by Alice Hoffman. She wrote Practical Magic, but a whole bunch of other things. There's a little bit of mysticism, and I guess that's, I kind of like the magical component. And my favorite movie of all time, Lars and the Real Girl. If you haven't seen it, rent it. It is such a beautiful story of acceptance and just kindness. I, I love it. I love most rom-coms. Music, I love Fleetwood Mac. Rune 5, yes, I am an Adam Levine fan. Not so much about him personally, but I do love the music and basically anything pop. I, I know it's embarrassing. But hey, uh, Moonlight Sonata, I learned how to play it when I was in high school, and I've loved it ever since. And Pachelbel's Canon, it was my wedding song, and every time I hear it, it makes me cry. Number 10, travel and just go anywhere. Open your eyes to other possibilities. It, it makes a difference to see how other people live and really live beyond the resorts. It, it's something else to see the world beyond the borders of the United States, because we are so egocentric that we just sometimes don't appreciate all the things that we have. 
Number 11, learn a foreign language and don't be afraid to try even if it's just a few words. I can speak a little bit of Spanish. It's not that great, but I like to practice. I used to speak German and in fact, I wrote a whole journal in German when I was in Germany for a summer. And honestly, I can't read any of it. I have no idea what it says, but I guess it's in my brain somewhere. And an aspiration is to learn Italian because I want to spend a month in Italy and wouldn't it be fun to speak a little Italian. Number 12, as I said before, find your people and hold them close. I mean, they're going to get you through everything. Your colleagues, your friends, my best friend lives 20 minutes from me and it is an incredible blessing. Family, throughout the trials and tribulations that family can bring, they are the people that have known you your whole lifetime and shape you. Your partner, honestly, finding my husband was the best decision I've ever made in my life. I am so grateful to him for everything. He lifts me up, picks me up, and stands by me always, and I am ever so grateful. Children, I love my children, and I love them as adults. They are lovely people. They're smart, they're kind, and you know, the world is a better place because of them. And grandchildren, which I am hoping for sometime soon. Fingers crossed. Number 14. Bessel van der Kolk, who wrote The Body Keeps the Score and does a lot of work in trauma, came up with a list of things that you could do to help combat the effects of trauma. And this came out early in the pandemic. It was like in March of 2020, I saw this YouTube video and I think it was, you know, as the fear began, nobody knew what was happening and we were all locked down. And so these are seven things that he shared and I have held on to this. I don't do all of them all the time, but I think it's a really nice guidepost. So the first is sleep. Get enough. If you can get seven, eight hours a night, it makes a difference. Number two, movement of any kind. You don't have to be a runner. Get out and walk. You can dance in your kitchen, whatever it looks like, but move your body every day. Three, nutrition. Fuel yourself with good foods and maybe some treats in there too. I love a good chocolate chip cookie, not going to lie. Number four, family. Family provides comfort and support. Number five, friends. As I mentioned before, your friends, you know, kind of take you beyond your family. Sometimes there's not the same struggles and they can hear you be objective and I I love my friends. Number six, create and play. So create might look like all kinds of things for you. It could be drawing, painting, writing, creating music, playing, just running around being silly, doing a cartwheel if you still can, a somersault, running down a hill, blowing bubbles, just just play, doing things just for the sheer joy of doing. And last, number seven, spirituality. And this might look like all kinds of different things. Maybe it's prayer. Maybe it is meditation, which I keep trying to do. I'm not that great at it, but when I do it, I enjoy it. It's just not a habit for me yet. But I have discovered yoga. I love my yoga teacher so much. And for me, it's an incredible experience. And sometimes I find myself crying. I find myself filled with kind of a strength that I didn't always know I had. I love second warrior position so much and just feel like I am fire. And I love that. And I sweat a lot. I'm not that good at it. 
But at the end of the night, when I'm doing Shavasana, which makes the whole thing worth it, it is such a joy to just relax and hear kind words and also make my body do some pretty challenging things. So I hope that you'll take good care of yourself and just dig down. We all have our weaknesses and difficult things that have shaped who we are. So take those things and use them to make change. I hope you'll listen next week. I have lots of good guests coming. I'm always interested in your ideas. If you want to DM me on Instagram at Pediatric Meltdown, you can reach out to me on Facebook at Dr. Leah Gugino. And you can also drop me a message on Twitter at Leah Gugino. Thank you for listening to this episode of Pediatric Meltdown. In the words of Maya Angelou, do the best you can until you know better. Then when you know better, do better. Let's do better together. This podcast was made possible by the team at Streamlined Podcasts. Music was composed by Connor McHugh and cover art was designed by Alexia Barrero.